hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Salopcast this season. The last Salopcast, well, ra- last regular Salopcast of the season. Ollie, and yeah, we've made it to the end of the season without a relegation. So that's a good start, isn't it? It's a good start. Um, it has been a very, very long season. Um, yeah, interviewing Sam Ricketts and that era <laughs> seems a very, very long time ago. And I have to be honest, sometimes doing two games in a week... Sometimes, you know, not really wanting to cover or prepare for the Tuesday game and having to do two agendas back to back on a Sunday, is, especially watching some other shite football, has been a bit of a um, a slog. Um, yeah, we got a nice message from someone on, on Twitter um, today saying, well done, guys, keeping up. Um, and at the time, it has been a slog, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I think that more so this season than, than many recently, due, due to the fact that, um, yeah, we. So I'm going to do that again because I moved the microphone, it might have made a noise. Yeah, more so this season, I suppose, Ollie, than, than any of the other ones we've covered. But due to the fact that for, for all of it this season, rather than just half it last year, we were not at the games. And the passion and excitement I have for attending live football matches and watching my team face-to-face is infinitely higher than it is watching dispassionate streams of Shrewsbury Town um, on, on an iPad or, or plugging it into your telly every Saturday. And, uh, you know, this era has been awful for the football under Ricketts, let's be brutally honest about it. But it's almost been compounded by the whole pandemic, not being at matches and, and having to find another way to follow the team you love and and frankly if this is the last podcast in that situation and obviously we've had the press conference today you know looking to relax uh, a little bit more with covid if we've got past that stage now i am never going to look back on this era with that much fondness ollie if i'm brutally honest with you and i think maybe unfortunately that will color the way i kind of view some of the players as well which is a bit weird isn't it really how that kind of thing can rub off on, on how you're going to look at the whole era i suppose yeah i wonder how you'd feel if you're a cambridge united fan or a cheltenham town fan getting promoted to league one I'm sure they still enjoyed it. Um, I think I think for us it's it's all clouded, isn't it, with the shit football, the shit results, um, the COVID, the manager not being there. It's been a very weird season, which we'll we'll cover in in great depth um, with Lewis and your brother um, in the end of season pod, which, which should be good. Looking forward to that. But yeah, it has been a it's been a bit of a slog, um, and yeah, some of the football has <laughs> been um, yeah we've kind of given up doing depth in depth analysis because it, it's just the same thing, isn't it? It's like Groundhog Day. Well, what's the point also when half these players aren't going to be here? You know, you're, no. not, you're not talking about us building anything else. We know the whole thing's going to get ripped up and, and tipped in a bin and it's looking at what we can start to do next. And obviously we can't do that until the transfer window's open and we see how this squad's being rebuilt. So, yeah, tactical analysis out the window. We can we can have a bit of a chat about the games, but I think it proves uh, one last uh, thing about some of the guys looking for contracts, really, and um, when we can cover that. And I suppose before we get on to the game, one thing I would just cover, I kind of know um, how it feels for um, someone to be a Cheltenham fan having got promoted because, as I talked about the other week, one of my best mates from he was a Cheltenham fan and I had a chance to catch up with him um, in the week via Facebook and uh, yeah like a lot of clubs I suppose and you wouldn't know about it for, for a club like Shrewsbury, uh, Shrewsbury over here and Cheltenham in their little area we've got no real crossover with their media but yeah their fans all went down the ground they had a couple of we're going up banners and there was sort of chanting outside the ground and a bit of a kind of social you know fans thing as in we've done it really so uh, yeah you know I suppose most clubs did that that actually did something successful this season so yeah he's looking forward to coming up so there we go that's my my reflections from a Cheltenham fan yeah that's always a good one on the train go to a few pub, a few pubs yeah so hopefully yeah fingers crossed for that and yeah obviously we've had news haven't we that Sheffield Wednesday are coming down I've read a really in-depth article about them man they are a basket place club unbelievable so yeah it's really funny that, that um, the bookies had them favourites to win the league next year um, <laughs> if, if, if 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 Darren Moore manages to get Sheffield Wednesday promoted and win the league my god he is an amazing amazing genius football manager 
And he's another one that's come back from COVID, hasn't he, as yeah. well? So, um, yeah, he, he deserves all the credit that Steve Cottrell's been getting, I suppose. And, um, uh, you know, he was there on the last day and obviously it didn't didn't quite, quite go right for them. But I was reading another thing today before we get into these other games that Derby County, um, the EFL won their appeal against the um, yeah. FPP thing. So it might be that we get another basket case down and that Wickham survive unbelievably. So, you know, that'd be pretty amazing if that happened. Yeah, and it's it's yeah, it's going to be quite interesting because there's going to be a lot of big clubs, and I say that in inverted commas, with, <laughs> yeah. with fans with big ambitions who are going to be very unhappy next season because all of them can't go up. So it's yeah, it's going to be an interesting interesting season next year, and yeah, can't wait to can't wait to see the squad form. Mm. Next season's a whole whole a whole summer away. Let's deal with the end of this season, the last knockings, the burnt embers of twenty twenty one twenty. Of 2020, 2021, Ollie, and we'll look at the Ipswich game. Well, sad indeed for Ipswich, but who I'm sure, despite their own problems this season, would have been the first to congratulate Graham Turner and his team on that splendid result. So, Shrewsbury Town, nil. Ipswich Town, nil. Um, yeah, our record against Ipswich isn't so good. Last six games, um, we've lost five and drawn one. Both of us were at the game, weren't we, a couple of years ago, Glenn, when we lost 3-1 and got absolutely battered. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, so we're not doing so well against Ipswich. Maybe we can do better <laughs> next season. Um, so the town was um, Burgoyne in goal, Pennington, Walker, and Pierre. So Walker came in central to play in a central role there, giving Ebanks a bit of a rest. Love came back in, Davis in midfield with Norburn, Vella playing as the 10, Ogbetta, Worley, and Bloxham up front. So nice to see Bloxham start, Glenn. I'm sure you're happy to see that on Tuesday night. Yeah, I think deserved after the strength of his performances over the the couple of games beforehand. Obviously, he didn't play that last game of the season until a little bit late on. But um, yeah, I'd seen a couple of Twitter accounts um, kind of praising him. And yeah, yeah, it's a guy called James who does the Posh Report. Um, he, he's like, yeah, I chat to him quite a bit actually on private message. He's a really nice bloke, and he's one of these kind of big football okay. geeks. Um, he's been um, like watching him and watching Shrewsbury games, and he'll just watch. He'll just message me randomly, be going that game against Lincoln two weeks ago. I'm watching it and stuff. And he's, he's really into his football, and yeah, he's yeah, he's absolutely wax lyrical about blocks and saying how impressive he was. Oh. And yeah, I, I replied to him saying, "Shh, shush, shush, keep quiet. <laughs> Don't want everyone to know about him." <laughs> Yeah, we need to keep him on the uh, on the down low for at least a couple of months, don't we, until he's uh, established as our first choice striker next season. But yeah, it was good to see him starting again and obviously getting a chance with Wally this time was, was interesting to watch. Obviously, yeah, the defenders just seem to be running out of legs, don't they? So they all seem to be getting rotated at the moment every week, although... Williams again missing both games this week, Ollie. Um, I think you know we've we had our say on last, that about last week. I think he's probably gone. Um, so yeah, game game started. Uh, yeah, finally got this game on after they cried off the first time around, Ollie. Remember on that yeah. Paul uh, Paul Lambert didn't fancy in the cold, did he? When they were on that bad run. Um, but yeah, in the end they didn't beat us anyway, so uh, no problems. And yeah, it wasn't wasn't the most thrilling game was it I suppose um no nor no, no Nolan or Toto for them either to make it a bit more interesting but with all what happened in the second game this week of ex-player scoring maybe it was a good idea they didn't play but yeah they had the first chance didn't they um across from the right they kind of got got onto it and headed it just wide and I thought yeah overall Burgoyne did okay in the game he, he, the next thing that happened was a good decent save from Burgoyne and probably want to get one of his better games this season still a little bit ropey under the under the air but it, all the chat was about him wasn't it on the radio and how he'd played 23 games this season which is is quite remarkable really considering he's been our second choice goalkeeper yeah I thought this is probably Burgoyne's best game of the season I thought against his switch um, wasn't as impressive of him on Saturday but yeah he's he's a he's a stable backup um, but I, I'm sure you heard Mark Elliott talking about the game on Saturday so Saturday sorry the game on Sunday um, yeah, I think I think it's fair to say he won't be our starting goalkeeper next year, but he's a decent backup. 
you know, he's pro- you know he's probably done enough to say I could be a decent backup next season. It's just a case of whether he he's got ambitions of playing as a first first team goalkeeper or not. Really, I suppose what might might deal with whether he stays or goes. But yeah, you know, over the course of the season, definitely good enough to be our backup next season. Um, back to the game though. Uh, it was quite a ponderous game, yeah, wasn't it? it we, was. we were pretty ponderous, and let's be honest: for all their talents and you know big name reputation, Ipswich were totally ponderous as well. And 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 it just felt a little bit like a game where neither team really looked all that good going forward. Um, and the goal, if there was going to be one, was going to come from a mistake at the back. And as slow and ponderous as the defenders looked, like they they basically got away with a few bits and bobs, and and that you know that was one of the reasons why there wasn't that many goals, I suppose. Yeah, it was two <laughs> two two teams, um, not really at full speed. Um, two kind of dysfunctional football teams both obviously change manager and yeah you hear the tips which are going to be ripping everything up um, they've already started to announce letting players go and yeah I'm sure Ipswich will have a, a big summer just like Shrewsbury but yeah first half wasn't really a lot to talk about was there I thought the ref no. was a bit picky as well I don't really help her if you remember that slide tackle that Walker did it's given away as a foul I didn't really see why it's never a foul yeah, yeah. Um, that was probably one of their Ipswich's best chances wasn't it the we cleared the free kick after a bit of a scramble, um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a game of of great effort. Probably Warley had our best chance. Warley and Bloxham didn't have their our best chances in the first half. Yeah, there was wasn't it the one shot that Wally had and uh, he smashed it into Norburn, didn't he? And yeah. I bet he, the last thing you would have been expecting was Norburn to be ahead of him <laughs> in on the, the pitch because uh, he doesn't normally cross the halfway line, does he? But um, yeah, that, that was a decent chance, but unfortunately Nor- Nor- uh, Norburn got in the way. Um, I thought around a half an hour, really, we'd, we'd had our better spell in the first half and we slowly faded out of it, I thought, as that half went on. Um, around half an hour, I think that was when Bloxham had probably his biggest impact in the game. He did really well with some kind of balls to his feet. He kind of would go past a man, drop his shoulder. He's quite quick, isn't he, as well? Um, which is which is quite interesting um, and, and impressive and strong and uh, yeah some really good passing I thought as well from him at certain points in the game and yeah again wasn't surprised he drifted out of the game in the second half but I suppose you know sort of 15 minutes through to the half hour he really had a good little 15 minute spell that kind of got people quite excited didn't he yeah he's good isn't he he's very clever he could found space um, he's pretty decent passing um, but yeah the highlight for me I thought of this half was um, the, the shot from Bloxham it's the first time we really kind of see him shoot with anger and it forced a good save from the switch keeper yeah, that was about that was about the only uh, kind of chance we had, wasn't it? And they had one chance that Harry saved as well in the half. I think it might have only been like two shots on target in the whole game. And yeah, that about summed up the first half. I thought it was quite hilarious. I was listening to the commentary during the end of that half, and I think Stuart Dunn said something like, "Just town having a little spell here where they haven't quite threatened the goal." And I, I did feel like you know someone texting to Dunny to tell him, "If you mean you know two years as a little spell, then you're about right, <laughs> aren't you?" Because it's it's not just in this game, uh, Dunny. It's been been going on for a while, but. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was. It was not awful, but it was just a bit. A bit guff, really, wasn't it? Quite. A, quite an unintense game. Yeah, and the second half was really kind of carried on the same, didn't they? Switch had a few decent long range efforts. Edwards had one fired wide. That's a nice through ball. Long, long range effort palmed by Burgoyne, um, and then yeah, the sixty minutes we saw a raft of changes. Edwards came on for Love. Uh, Bloxham came on for uh, off for a doe. Um, so yeah, we started mixing things up a little bit there and. Yeah, I think probably the thing that dominated the rest of the game was, okay, a a few more interesting substitutions, but um, Steve Cottrell has certainly not lost his voice. 
That's what anyone was really talking about, wasn't yeah. it, on Twitter during the end of the game, was how much you could hear Cottrell. And he sounds just like the bloke that sits at the back of Block 17. Head it, move <laughs> it, squeeze in, get at, get at him sort of thing. It's all sort of quite, you know, tactical stuff in between. But then, there's you know, he obviously gets into his football matches, he's watching it, and who can blame him? He's been missing for so long, he's probably absolutely loving being back at the games. But I, I do wonder, Ollie, I'm, I'm baffled by his sitting up in the stadium thing, like when he's shouting that much and... Why, why not? Why, why hasn't he just gone and sat in the dugout those last two games? I didn't really get my head around that one. I think maybe just because he's not standing up, and maybe he thinks if he's up there, maybe his heart rate will be a bit less. But yeah, it's, <laughs> well, it wasn't. No, I, don't think. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to find a reason. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not quite sure to be honest. No, it's but maybe. Maybe that's what he agreed with his wife. Um, he wouldn't be on mm. the sidelines. But um, yeah. yeah, he definitely made or up his, his voice. I did. Or his doctor. Yeah, his doctor. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'm sure um, he sounded like he was sitting next to me. So God knows what it was like for the chairman and Brian sitting next to him. And there was one moment as the game went on that I thought was going to be the fairy tale, wasn't it? Because, you know, we've talked about Dave Edwards since he came out to the club. Legend, club legend, local lad. And, you know, got subbed on for a, for a late cameo in this game, didn't he? And, um, you know, what could potentially, you know, if he retires, become his last ever game at, at the Meadow. Um, his last ever game for Shrewsbury Town, his hometown club. And oh, there was a moment, wasn't there, where the, the moment was begging for Dave in what might be his, his last med, Meadow game. Got crossed over to the back post by Wally. Um, and Dave was completely unmarked. If he'd have picked him, he would, he would have had a decent chance. But Wally just hoofed the cross, like, long and over the top of him. And I think, you know, at that point, the the, the only exciting thing that might have happened in this game was gone. Um and that was it really the, the, other, the other thing I couldn't get my head around in this one was uh, you know what were we keeping Chapman back for in this game because when he came on he did really well I thought and um, yeah we should have got him on a lot earlier I thought yeah I think so I'm surprised he didn't, he didn't play a bit more maybe rest Federer or Norburn and just give him a chance I guess obviously manager thinks obviously the playing those players got the best chance of winning but so yeah his through ball to Edwards was fantastic and yeah that, that then Edwards cross obviously showing good vision uh, it was a poor header from a doe um, poor lad it, um, yeah just another opportunity missed and then, then yeah. Norwood nearly scored didn't he near the end I think a, a, a Tranmere Norwood probably would have scored that and it would have had a, a bitter 1-0 defeat but um, it ended ended 0-0 um, not the most entertaining game and another game chalked off really yeah Doe missed a good chance at the end a big header chance didn't he that was really poor as well I think he That's got a bit of criticism for sorry I, I was reading I thought you were talking about Norwood sorry I'll, I'll come back there yeah I think yeah, I think that's fair, Ollie. Um, as I said, I think we should. I think it would have been a different game if Chapman had come on earlier. Um, but other than those two chances you mentioned, yeah, not much happened really, did it? Um, other than ch- the manager shouting. So, yeah, finishing this game from both teams was diabolical. That was about my summary of the game, Ollie. And I didn't think, um, you know, Ipswich looked all that good. Um, they looked like a team that had nothing left to play for, which was what we had, and it just ended up being one of them games, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, and yeah, so um, who did you go for your top three? I went for Walker. I've got into a mode at the end of the season about not getting too excited about many performances, of giving people decent points in our player of the season uh, awards if they played out of position. <laughs> so <laughs> as Walker slotted back in there as sort of a, a you know a replacement for one of the regular centre-backs, I thought he was pretty solid yeah, across the whole game. You know, Clean sheet. Can't really argue with that, can you? Um, I went for Loxham second just because I thought he was quite impressive again, 17-year-old, and you know put himself about a fair bit. And I went for Chapman because I actually thought when he came on, he was bloody fantastic. He really ran at players and created stuff and was, was quite dynamic um, and kind of showed that if we'd have brought him on earlier, the game might have been different. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, bit of a weird selection, I suppose, when I look at yours, Ollie, but that's what I went for. Yeah, um, I went for Norburn. I thought he had a, a good performance and some good good forward passing. Um, Walker was, yeah, as you said, he, he was really good. I thought he's, he was really good at bringing the ball forward. Obviously, one of the benefits of having him in that in that role. 
Um, and I went for Burgoyne because, as I said at the start, I thought this was one of his best performances of the season. Yeah, that's true. For me. So, yeah, I thought he deserved deserved a mention. Um, so what did Longwell say? It was Longwell's turn this time. He said, yeah, we're happy with a clean sheet, but it's always good for the keeper and the defenders. We're just disappointed we couldn't win the game. Um, we had some really good chances tonight. Um, the only chances they had were the second half or counter-attacks. Um, and, yeah, I think that's about it, really. I think this is probably the, one of the shortest summaries we've ever done of a game. Uh, not a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, it was a nil-nil game at the end of the season, and uh, yeah, what else was there to talk about? I suppose. So, uh, I thought one thing just to really, really cap off this this home season, Ollie, before we talk about the last game, which was away from home. But um, as a result of only getting a point in that game, that is our second worst season for home games um, since we moved to the new meadow. So, there's only been one season where we had a worse home record. Um, so, again, if there's any any area we can improve on, like obviously we can get a better team and score more goals, but certainly improving the home form next season, which should be one of the more easy things to do, you'd think, considering what fans back and maybe it'll be a harder place for teams to come than it has been this season but you know that's got to be a massive focus for Cottrell to at least kind of at least be getting six or seven home wins more than we got this season yeah our home form is it was absolutely atrocious so yeah it's our home form would put, get us relegated and let's put it that way um yeah it was terrible but um yeah and it's it's something that we'll definitely need to improve obviously in terms of you know getting fans back as well you know if you're if you're on the bottom you know in the bottom where are we yeah 21st Glenn so 23 points um, at home, um, which is not ideal, um, and only scoring 28 goals. It's not particularly entertaining. So, yeah, something that I'm sure the chairman and Brian Wallaby encouraging um, Steve Cottrell to improve. And, yeah, so Steve Cottrell will win every, win, win every game, won't he? So, yeah, I'm sure, sure there'll be something that they'll work on. And also probably interesting as well, I'm sure they'll make the pitch bigger. I imagine that's something that they'll do. Mm. Well, it, it tells you a lot about how we've played at home this season. That I'm slightly more excited about going to the New Meadow to watch Marvin Morgan's Fresh Ego Kid All Stars versus the Shrewsbury Town 2011-12 promotion squad, Ollie, which I believe is maybe going to be happening in the summer t- sometime. Which, with fans back in, might be a cracking day out, really. And the main reason, Ollie, is because uh, apparently old Grandison's going to be involved. So there you go. The first game back at the Meadow for me might be that game, and it's sh- sh- that should be at least entertaining, Ollie. Do you reckon you'll, you'll get along to that if it's on? Yeah, I think I reckon I'll try and come down. They might need to have a steward <laughs> to stop you running on the pit having a <laughs> selfie with Grandison embarrass myself <laughs> why not yeah why not I should I should go and do it but um no nah, it should be should be good fun actually that if it goes on so um yeah there we go I suppose that's the end of that game let's uh let's look at look at the last one Ollie the last knock-ins of the season Sean Wardy then from 12 yards scores very cool penalty so final game of the season Ollie and it ended Probably, as we all expected, with uh, a disappointment. Um, Crew Alexander, three, and Shrewsbury Town, two. And the goals for Crew: Mandron with two, and Chris Porter with one. Obviously, all ex-players, Ollie, which is another three um, this season to uh, add to the five we'd already had, I think. So, uh, yeah, do a bit of maths. We're up to eight there, aren't we? So, eight goals against us this season by ex-players, which is probably about average, I would reckon, for the last few seasons. Um, our goals through Wally and Danny Addo, um in the first half, just before it finished. So, yeah, 3-2 loss, Ollie. It means we finished the season with only one win in nine games, which is a fairly shocking way to finish, isn't it, really, unfortunately? But, um, yeah, it, it, it was coming, wasn't it, I suppose? And uh, a slightly less interesting game for me, Ollie, than maybe it seems on that scoreline. I was a bit bored at times, but at least I watched it live, Ollie, because um, I'm pretty sure you you didn't, did you? No, it was my wife's birthday. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we woke up and it was actually really sunny. We, the forecast was to rain every hour. So, yeah, we took advantage, went out, went to Butley, walked across the river, then went to Bridge North and walked around the castle of views and around there. And, yeah, it was a really nice day, actually. I listened to the radio a little bit when we were driving around and, yeah, watched the game because I want to keep that record up of watching every single game this season. Um, 
so yeah, watched the game, and as you say, Glint, the first half was entertaining. Second half, I ended up reaching for my phone a little bit to watch the yeah. second half. It was pretty dire. I don't think I don't think I've ever had a half, Glint, or you've never seen an agenda where I've got two points for the second half. <laughs> um, that is that is very very low, and yeah, it was it was again, it was a bit of a classic end of season fair. Um, so who who started for Shrewsbury? So yeah, so just we didn't mention this really, but between the, the last game and this game, Sarkic had been recalled from yeah. his loan, Andy, because of the injuries got so um, it meant Bergoin got one last game in, in in goal again. So he started at the back, um, and then Pennington, Ebanks, Landell, and Pierre, um, with Ebanks, Landell coming in um, for Walker as uh, centre backs, and then Davis started right wing back, Ogbetta left wing back, and then we had Vela, Norburn, Goss in the central midfield, and Wally and Ado starting up front um, with Blocks and maybe suffering having played a couple of games in a row and only being seventeen. So yeah. It's a shame not to see Bloxham because I was enjoying watching him, but um, yeah, probably one of the more, I guess, one of the more consistent teams we've had this season. Most of them have played a fair few games, haven't they, since January? Yeah, yeah. But um, wasn't really too surprised with the starting lineup. It's kind of no. picks itself at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. And and this was, you know, billed, I suppose, on the radio and by fans as a chance for um, particularly a few players on there to earn themselves a contract. Obviously, Goss. Um, Ado, Davis, Pennington, and Wally all out of contract in that starting lineup. So you know all what you could consider reasonable League One players who might might get in a fair few teams. So all of them, you know, you know, were players we're probably going to consider offering contracts to. And yeah, the five of them really had a sort of bit of a mixed bag, didn't they? Really, if you were thinking about contracts. Yeah, they did. I, I think Wally impressed. Um, Goss looked all right at times, um, but yeah, it's. I think yeah, this game was. I know with Mark Elliott was trying to. Bit build it up um, and try and you know kind of get some, make some kind of context from the game, but all these decisions have been made already, haven't they? Yeah, and this game didn't feel like that many people were paying attention to it. Obviously, you were off, but there was a lot going on on Twitter. The Facebook pages were a bit quiet. They didn't seem like there was that much interaction on Radio Shropshire because it was a Sunday. I think about three minutes in, I was already feeling like a little Sunday afternoon nap and uh, thinking, <laughs> thinking I'll get that out of my system. But yeah, I, I hate Sunday kickoffs. I, I don't know how Premiership fans put up with it, to be honest with you. I like my Saturday football at three o'clock. I got I got used to that over years, and I don't like Sunday kickoffs, Ollie. I'd be fine with 1pm on a Saturday. Just that little bit earlier, have you have some food at the game? Um, this three pm thing is just uh, because of factories. You don't work in a factory. No, not many people work in factories on a Saturday anymore. But feels yeah, like it. It's um, it's a, uh, it's just uh, yeah, it's one of those things that everyone's kind of used to it now. Um, and sun Sunday's rubbish. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Sunday's rubbish. It kind of messes your head as well. I kept thinking I had a bank holiday coming up. But I didn't. <laughs> well, at the end of the month, we've got another one, haven't we? Thank God. So, uh, yeah, there we go. How did this game start? Um, yeah, scrappy. Wally, Wally. <laughs> scrappy. First 10 minutes, not really a lot happened. Um, bit scrappy. A bit like, I found this game was a bit like a sparring match. Two kind of young amateur, amateur boxers doing a bit of sparring. Um, and none, none of it was particularly done at kind of any kind of big pace. Um, and it was all kind of done with a kind of yeah, end of season spirit. Um, but after 10 minutes, um, Ogbetta played um, Goss into a ball in a bit of a tight space actually it would be interesting to see if that's something that the management team pick up probably not the best idea to give the boss Goss the ball there in between two two banks of um, opposition players <laughs> he loses the ball and then Kirk plays a really nice ball to the striker who absolutely smashes it home really poor defending from a Shrewsbury's perspective when you've got three central defenders you shouldn't really be giving the opposition strikers that much space in the box 
No, we kind of, kind of just. It was really weird. Yeah, sort of Goss and Bella sort of combined to sort of make the mistake on the edge there, didn't they? And yeah, it was sort of very poorly unmarked as well. Um, Mandron wasn't he? The marking was pretty terrible. And yeah, fires it across Burgoyne, and it, it, you know, an ex-player goal, uh, another one as was mentioned before. But Mandron was terrible for us, and he, he seems to have got a little knack of scoring against us this season, which is a bit annoying. But yeah, just terrible defending. Um, you know, just a, a very lazy start to the game, I thought. And um, yeah, it looked a little bit like in that opening spell because let's be honest about. It. You know, they scored in 10 minutes and they scored a little bit later, didn't they? I think 20 odd minutes. And um, I thought for that whole opening 20 minutes, they absolutely battered us, Ollie. And we'll probably come to some more of the chances, but they certainly were on top. And it had a little bit of a feeling like that Oxford game where we shipped four goals um, early on, I thought. It felt a little bit like that. Yeah, it wasn't um, It wasn't a great start to the game, was it? And there was that head injury with Derwin and the crew defender, Daniels, and that took a bit of time out. But yeah, it didn't really help us, did it? They just kept on cracking on after that. So yeah, it was a long-range effort from Goss, but that was about it. But then, yeah, Obeta got completely done on the inside um, and a, a good shot saved from Burgoyne. Well, it was a good effort to save it, but he didn't really get the ball out of his area and it just bounced in front of the goal and that could have so easily been a goal conceded. Pennington needed to come flying in to save him there. It's been a little bit of a pattern of Burgoyne sometimes, hasn't it? When he does make saves, they tend to spill quite centrally. Obviously, the last goal was a, a little bit of a problem with that, but it's happened a few times, hasn't it? I think if I was to point out the two things I think I worry about him the most, it's high aerial balls and, and coming out for corners and stuff and you know shot stopping and where the ball kind of ends up when he's made those reflex saves. They're the two things I think this season maybe I've, I've thought that um, that's definitely areas to improve, but they're both things you can work on. You know, they're not you're not you know something terminal that you'll never be able to improve. And I say he's only 23 still, isn't he? That they were saying on the radio. So he definitely got time to fix those issues still in his career, hasn't he? Yeah, he needs to improve that definitely. Mm. Hey, did you also hear when you were watching the game back all the crew fans outside the ground? Yeah, it did. Well, I just heard that on the radio as well. But yeah, it was really interesting. Obviously, they've, a few of their fans must have got a few tinnies and decided to go down the corner and the left-hand side kind of away when we were watching it. They made some good noise, didn't they? They did, yeah, but then I saw that Lewis Cox, disappointingly, was reporting that uh, some of the uh, abuse aimed at uh, um, Harry Chapman when he was warming up was not ideal and uh, not the sort of thing after the whole media blackout and uh, you know abuse against players sort of thing. I don't think he was overly impressed with that. So yeah, I would suspect, Ollie, you're right, they'd probably had a few tinnies and, and maybe those tinnies might have led to some of the chant that was going on. But I thought it was all right, it was good to hear a chant, wasn't it? And, uh, yeah, it was good to hear the, the fans, I'm sure they enjoyed themselves. Certainly better than what um, Sky and BT have kind of put together. I can't can't listen to that at all when I'm watching the football. I'd rather listen to the players whinge and moan um, at the referee. But um, yeah, it's good to hear um, crowds back in. Yeah, can't wait to be back again next season. Um, but they definitely had something else to cheer, Glenn, didn't they? Because this second goal was I've described it. Here. Well, actually, I'll let you. How have I described this goal? I don't know. Oh, in the, in gender, I'm looking now. Uh, a Ricketts goal. That's a good description, actually. Ollie. Yeah, well said. It was. I I was just using the word that I usually heard in these situations, which is the word shambles. Um, because it was, wasn't it? It was really bad defending. Not much commitment to what we needed to do, and then it it did take a bit of a weird deflection, didn't it, to sort of bounce up. But Mandron just walked forward. The ball sort of came to him, and he smashed it into the top of the net. It was like no pressure on him at all. It was very very. Yeah, awkward. I don't understand how he got so free because basically, yeah, Penn- Pennington tried to win didn't move. the ball. <laughs> tried to win the ball. Um, and he didn't, and he kind of didn't do that. And then Pennington hit it against one of his men, but obviously he hit the player, so he'd have been offside if he was behind. But yeah, he just seemed to have all this space, and yeah, smashed into the back of the net. Um, Bagoyat had no chance on that one, did he? 
You know it's bad when even Lewis Cox tweets something pretty awful and he put, Deary me town, dreadful, woeful defending, no conviction in any clearances and the ball bounces the man drawn centrally, unmarked about eight yards out, rising volley, finished past Burgoyne. I mean, dreadful and woeful, the back covers it. And uh, it was at that point I, I had visions of uh, Brian, you know, getting his phone out and just uh, finding PDFs of contracts and just dragging them into the delete section for <laughs> some of the players that were out there and just felt a little bit more like they wanted it more than us, didn't they? Even though the game didn't really mean all that much to them. Um, you know, two nil down after quite a, a poor twenty minutes was a concern, and as I say, that's starting to build up. That that you know, how bad is this going to be? How how are we going to um you know get out of this? Is this going to be another Oxford game? And you know, everyone was looking at the players with, without contracts, but I thought to be fair, there were a few players out there in that opening twenty minutes who will have contracts next year, are having shockers. Oh, better was well off it. He got beaten time after time in that first spell. Norburn was, as usual, slow and ponderous self in that first 25 minutes, half an hour. Vela was chasing shadows, and Pierre looked like he was towing a caravan. He looked absolutely error-prone, and um, whatever he's been doing in his injury spell, he's definitely lost a yard of pace, I think. Yeah, he, look, he does look like he's lost a yard of pace and maybe gained something in that period mm. of time. He didn't look in great shape, um, to be fair. Um, and But then, yeah, <laughs> he could have got bad to worse, because... Um, Oli Norburn got his pocket picked, didn't he? And Wintle fired over. I think if that wasn't the last game of the season, I think Wintle probably would look for a man. Um, but he kind of fired over and kind of laughed and joked with his with his colleagues as he as he fired away. But then all of a sudden, we kind of just all of a sudden came into life. So I think probably maybe what five minutes before the goal, we started to play some decent football. All of a sudden. Yeah, why, why do you think that was, Ollie? What do you think changed in this game? We went from total shit to like suddenly quite good and scoring a couple of goals towards the end of the game and didn't notice any tactical changes. Obviously, we didn't make a substitution. Do you think it was just because Steve Cotter started shouting louder? Maybe a bit of that. Maybe a little <laughs> bit of just the players like, well, we're 2-0 down now. There's no pressure um, just to try and play a bit of football. Um, maybe to see, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was a number of things. But a really nice bit of football because we played it out from the back. Really nice to and pass from Goss. And Wally was absolutely superb. Cuts inside, and I'll describe this as a striker's finish. Really, really nice mm. goal. That was a classic Wally goal. If we've ever got a, a definition of a classic Wally goal, that's it. Drive in down the left, cut in, get onto the get onto your right foot, and then smash it in around the goalkeeper on a sort of acute angle. I mean, I'd reckon he scored a high percentage of his goals in in situations like that, Ollie. Yeah, it was good, and that's one of the reasons why you're pleased that he's he's signed a new contract. So yeah, it was a really good finish. Not good for Daniels then, was it? Because he went off with a head injury, which does raise the question of why, is he, why did he carry on? Because then Buckles come on, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know why he came on, but yeah, old Omar Buckles, Omar Beckles came on and uh, yeah, a little, a little cameo against us and they, they got a right little crop. I think we mentioned this in the home game, crop of ex-town players with Beckles and Lancashire, obviously Mandron, Chris Porter came on later on and obviously Artel's their manager. So they're a bit of a shoot B team, aren't they? <laughs> well, I'll say that the A team probably because they'd finish higher than us. Um, Are we the B team? Yeah, I'd oh, say no. that to be the B team. Um, and then talking of um, talking of, of of odd things, um, Odo the poacher and a through ball from Ollie Norburn. So a through ball from Ollie Norburn and a tidy Shocking. finish from Odo. That's not a sentence I think I've said before. What's more surprising, Ollie Norburn's uh, Ollie Norburn's through ball or Odo scoring Ollie? I don't know. <laughs> Both of them are really, really. It's a good question. That's like choosing between, I don't know, like, yeah, <laughs> two things that never happened. It's very odd, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was a very odd goal. Not something I saw. But it was coming really in. good. Uh, run. It was that poacher's run off the bat, off the um, the, the the kind of the shoulder of the striker. Um, Norburn knew what he was going to do. It was it's just the kind of. You know, we didn't see Cummings do that once in the first start. You know, the first fifteen games of the season. 
it's just really, really odd um, that we hadn't seen that at all. <laughs> we haven't seen any town striker sit on her shoulder no. and look for that ball ever for like years now. And it does make me think, why the fuck not? Like, you know, <laughs> because it kind of worked in this one situation. But yeah, we've always tried to play in a much different way. And the strikers being more involved and working hard instead of just t- hanging around up there and sitting on the shoulder, hoping a ball breaks from midfielder. Lack of quality, yeah. mate. Lack of quality. Yeah. Okinabiri is obviously the last striker we've had, which I'm, I'm sure everyone's bored of. He us. did that well. Would have yeah. been whinging about, but. Um, yeah, um, that was the first half. And yeah, and quite entertaining at the end, wasn't it? Something to get excited about, 2 all. You never saw 2-2 coming, did you? When uh, <laughs> we went 2-0 no. down, I saw 4-0 coming at half-time. And yeah, so credit to them. You know, two two guys that were sort of looking for a contract, out of contract, that got the goals and a bit better from Norburn in that spell. It felt a little bit like a few people have said that when you see the best out of Norburn at the moment is when he's been absolutely coached by Cottrell and obviously you could hear Cottrell screaming at him and, and the others during this game and getting him to move around and push up and he certainly got more forward when we went 2-0 down didn't he and um, was, was certainly better in the game than he had been but yeah I mean to go in 2-2 was pretty mental to be fair and let, let's be honest as well during this spell we scored the two goals in the period from maybe 27 minutes onwards crew completely went in on themselves they had a terrible end to this half they couldn't do anything and think that the injury sort of unsettled them a little bit or that was only like you know half half an hour in probably 36 37 minutes in wasn't it when that happened but it wasn't enough to unsettle them as much as they did and it was quite odd we were stinky for the first bit of the game is it odd well end of season season, it's not that odd they've got loads of good players and none of them are going to be there not none of them most of them are not going to be there next season so i'm sure kirk will moved on um yeah pickering um wintle um was it, is it Ainsworth, Ainsley, in midfield, central midfield? Mm. He'll go. Um, there's rumours that Beckles is going. Um, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. squad is is going to be put done, ripped apart. Um, I'm sure they'll make a bit of money selling these players on and stuff. But yeah, it's. I can imagine you know, if you're if you want to move to the, if you know you've got your agents told you you're lined up for a championship move, you're not going to bust a gut in this game. Are you? you don't want to get injured. There was like thirteen, fourteen um, uh, scouts there, wasn't yeah. there? According to the to the people on uh, the radio as well. So it looks like there was a lot of people being looked at. Hopefully, not all better, but we'll, we'll, I would imagine they probably were looking at him. Um, but he didn't have the greatest game, so it no, probably helped no, to I us think they were looking um, at three players, to be fair. Yeah, and before we get to second half, we could actually have gone in three two up at half time, wouldn't we? See that chance Davis had where it kind of came out to him and it was kind of on the wrong side of his foot and he sort of hoofed it left of the goal, didn't he? It was a reasonable chance, but um, yeah, it wasn't to be. But that was it then. What nothing really happened second half, Ollie. Have you got anything you want to talk about in the second half other than their goal? Um, apart from just, I guess, I guess the, the highlight for me was probably second half was probably um, that bit, good bit of football um, from um, Shrewsbury with a low cross from better. We've got to utilise those low crosses from better. Really good. That there, yeah, it might sound a bit daft, but there, that Man City ball across the box in the six yard um, box. He's put done it so many times, hasn't he? It's something we need. You know, if you're if you're a poacher or a genuine goal scorer, um, they're the, you're going to be making runs to that front post and those passes. I think in next season. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that if you get a, a proper striker who knows what they're doing and can get into those spaces and read that pass, he's in for in for some joy with those crosses from better. But um, we haven't got one of those at the moment, that's for sure. Um, hopefully, uh, Bloxham spends the summer figuring that out and he, he could be in business, couldn't he? But yeah, I mean, it didn't ever look like we were going to score. I thought it was an interesting stat here, Ollie, just to kind of maybe uh, put, a, put a cap in the end of um, Ado's time with us because I'm almost certain he won't get a contract. But do you know, in the entire time he was with us, he never scored more than one goal in any game for Shrewsbury. He only ever scored in ones. For a striker, that's pretty bad, isn't it? Well, if you scored one goal every game, I'd be happy with well, that. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd rather... rather it didn't happen either, yeah, right? Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather <laughs> a striker 
score ones than be like a bully boy and score two goals against rubbish teams. And, you know, especially teams in the FA Cup, that's why I never really count them because obviously you play some lower league opposition on the way through. But, um, yeah, it's not a surprise. Bless him, he didn't score many goals. He's a really good hard worker, clearly a very popular member of the squad. Um, and, yeah, hopefully yep. for him he can go to a, maybe go to, hopefully ends up at a League Two side um, and, and start smashing them in. And I'd love it. I'd love nothing more than to see, like, you know, people to go, why oh, did we let him go? But, you know, him to turn his career around and, and push on. Yep, we'll have to see, won't we? I'm, I'm saying I'm pretty sure it won't be here, unfortunately, for him. But, uh, yeah, you can't you can't wish him anything but the best, I suppose. Um, yeah, I thought we'd had, had a little spell. We got a little bit on top in this half, and it just we threatened a little bit to go and get a goal. But um, um, it was after we made some of the subs. I think Dave Edwards came on, didn't he, and a few others, and, and there was a little bit of a, of a resurgence. But, unfortunately, um, yeah, there wasn't to be. And as we got towards 80 minutes, they went on, and uh, another ex Town player came off the bench and basically scored with his first ever touch, didn't he, Ollie, in the game? <laughs> I think this is a chance even you'd finish, Glenn. Um, it was really <laughs> odd Maybe goalkeeping wouldn't. from Harry Burgoyne. The ball hit the post, then kind of bounces in, in kind of, about, I don't know, what was it, like four inches from the, the goal line? And he just pokes it home. It was a very odd goal. And I think, it's, I think you know, you really say it was a mistake from Burgoyne. Yeah, it looked to me like he, the ball was coming in on the front post and he puts his foot out and saves it with his foot, but just tips it onto the post he, and it goes yeah, back across goal, I watched it he? about three or four yeah. times. It was so fast and I just couldn't really figure out what happened. I even tried watching it in slow-mo. I have no idea what really happened. Um, but yeah, it, if, for a ball to end up from where it was to where it, it ended up, um, yeah, I, I put it down to ball goalkeeping. <laughs> that was it. I mean, that's the season ender there. Yeah. That's where the, the season ended. The season, a terrible goal. It? It did, yeah. I said, you know, this season ended the way you always kind of thought it would. Fleeting moments of hope, then long drawn out pain, on it. and that's exactly how the <laughs> game ended. And uh, I think that is the end, the end of the season as as we all wanted it to be. And um, there we go. So um, yeah, that that was it. Game game over. Season over. There was nothing else going on. We stayed up. That was fine. And uh, we've got a little bit of news about um, some of the transfers we'll cover in a minute. But um, yeah, let's just wrap this game up, Ollie, because I've got nothing else to say no. on it. Um, yeah, who was your top three? Yeah, so I went for Warley, Ado. Um, and Norburn. I actually thought Ado had a good all-round performance. He did. He won quite mm. a lot of headers. Um, he did some quite good link-up play. This was the for me like the best version of Ado that you can see. Yeah, I mean, it felt like a performance, as Gary Peters would say, that was shit or bust. To be honest with you, he had one last chance to try and impress, and yeah, he was a little bit better than he's been in recent games. I, don't, I wouldn't gr- disagree with that at all. Uh, but um, you know, a half decent performance um, after ten stinkers is not the sort of thing that's going to make me change my mind about where he should be heading. So um, yeah, I didn't make my top three. Um, I gave Wally man of the match again, just fantastic in terms of. Uh, yeah, ending his season well and um, you know going on to, to, to stay with us now is, is fantastic and we'll come to that in a second. But yeah, really classy goal um, and after that horrible opening spell he was one of our better players in the game. Um, and then yeah, actually, you know, I was savage about Norburn in that opening 20 minutes but I thought he was good. He came on to the game really well as the game wore on and um, had one of his better performances as the second half and, and the end of the first half wore on. Again, not at the levels we're going to need him to be at um, for the whole game but um, you know, signs that under Cottrell and that sort of steely coaching and, and managing through a game he can be a bit better than he's been under maybe Ricketts during that era and I went for Davis on my current uh, love of players playing out of position I thought he was decent enough he was a bit ball watching for one of the goals but again out of position did did good enough so um, that was my top three Ollie I'm going to throw a curveball question to you Glenn you, won't, you don't know this Go is on. coming um, would you make Norburn captain next year? no I'd make Pierre captain would you make Pierre captain? Oh, it depends on who comes yep. in. Um, I'd have no idea who obviously is coming in. No one does. Um, 
but yeah, I just I'd be interested to see what other fans think as well. I think the, I think taking the captaincy mm. maybe off Norburn, maybe maybe getting some kind of you know I don't know some old pro or whatever you know that we sign centre back who's like in his thirties or something playing in Championship that kind of cultural signing. I wouldn't be surprised if we do. Uh, and then take it off Norburn and say just focus on your game. Um, I'm not saying he's a bad captain, but I think it's something that might we might see we might see a change to captain. I think two things. If we somehow manage to get someone like Aidan Flint to come in, that's the player I was thinking of. I couldn't think of his name. I agree. You've got a fair shout there that you might want to make him captain because he's the manager's man. I also think if you did that, you're going to find that Norburn has a proper fucking tantrum about it. Because I bet he's not. It's a big assumption to make about someone you don't know. I bet he wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't be very happy about it. Not a big tantrum. Maybe not a big tantrum then. Maybe that was a bit harsh, Ollie. But I don't think he'd be overly impressed with no, that. He's been the club enough. captain for whatever it is, two, three years. And um, to suddenly lose it because the manager brings a new player in would probably put my back up. But um, I don't think it's the sort of thing you could do very easily, really, changing captains when they've been a captain for quite a while. You should know this, Ollie. It's one of the things you shouldn't do on football manager. You change captains and it unsettles the squad, mate. I know. You've got to do- <laughs> and that's, well, that's what happened to me when we got promoted to the Premier League. I sold Ollie Norburn, sold, sold Ollie Norburn for four million to Blues. Um, yes, and then kind of got rid of loads of players and everyone was just really angry, even though there was only no one left. So it was a bit <laughs> odd, to be honest, because there was no one there to be angry. But yeah, I know what you mean. But I, I think it's something that I'm sure he would probably take in his stride. Um, but yeah, it's something to watch. But um, my top three, Wally, Doe, Norburn. Uh, and yeah, that was it, really. That was the season over. Maybe I'm saying he'd have a big tantrum is because exactly what I would do. And yeah, you're right. Maybe he's an infinitely more professional person than I am, Ollie. <laughs> so there you go. Um, I suppose just leave that, you know, we'll leave that game there. We'll go straight into salad news this week because, uh, yeah, there's probably more interesting stuff, isn't there, off the pitch that happened over the, over the week or so. I suppose two, two things really, and we'll, we'll get to Wally in a minute. Let's start with Goldborn. Um, announced his retirement on Instagram, I think the night before the last game of the season. Um, obviously wasn't involved in that game. Hasn't been involved since uh, his COVID issues, Ollie, where he, he posted some, uh, what's the word? Um, unnecessary photographs of, uh, of, of issues when the manager was in hospital and he was going out here, there and everywhere without a mask on. Um, so yeah, retired. Um, not really that arsed, to be honest with you, Ollie. That'd be my view. No. Wally contract um, was pretty exciting there, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, nice to see that he's, <laughs> got- he's got a new contract and staying with the club. It is. I love the fact you've got nothing to say on Goldborn. You really hate him. Um, I'm just not <laughs> arsed, um, mate. I just don't. He's clearly a bit of an idiot. Um, and yeah, I've said everything I, I, I need to say about him. You you savaged him in that other podcast a few months back. It was brilliant. Um, yes, uh, you have had all you want to say. That's fine. Yeah, Wally, the Wally news is great, I think. Uh, I think we... You know, we've underned over the last few weeks about whether it would be good or bad and whether you'd be that upset about it or not. I think, you know, on more podcasts than not, we've been, yeah, we should probably keep him. And I think a lot of people kind of summed that up by what happened in the game on Saturday, which is, have we got anyone else could, who could score that goal in the squad at the moment? I don't think we have. You know, he's a unique talent in terms of that ability to go past players and score that type of goal that we might need if it ends up that he's coming on for the last 20, 25 minutes and, you know, doing that off the bench next season. He's happy with that. That's great. I, I don't think it's a bad option. And, um, yeah, it, clearly he's going to get at least a one-year deal, but who knows? It might be two years until we find out the contract. But, you know, it's it's a decent contribution this season considering he was injured at the start of it. Um, he's had a generally good season, one of the better players. I'm happy with it, Ollie. I think it's good. I like players staying with us for a long time. And um, from, yeah, some of the news, he's actually doing some coaching at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing some coaching under-18s and he's working towards his UEFA badges, um, which is good for him. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I was, like, not so sure because I was thinking, you know, first-team wages, could we get someone who's better? Um, but then the kind of sentimental, sentimental kind of side of me makes you think, well, yeah, you obviously want players that have got connection. It'd be great to see him again. Um, he's done really well this season. You know, he's got nine goals, um, you know, eight assists, you know, contributing 17 goals this season is pretty good. 
Um, he's one of the best dribblers in the league. Um, he wins a lot of free kicks. And, you know, if we get a, someone who can put a good ball in the box and still have Pierre and some other good centre-backs, that'll be a threat. And also the thing I like about him is he, he's, he has done well playing up front. And also he can play on the wing, either wing as well. Um, so he can he's quite flexible and quite adaptable. So yeah, I'm actually really pleased he signed. Um, and another thing, Glenn, was thinking well as well over the, um, on Sunday is you know there's a lot of fans will be happy about him signing. So maybe he'll get a few people coming down to the meadow as well. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a good news story. One of the better good news stories, isn't it? I suppose. And um, yeah, we just sit and wait now to find out whether anyone else has been offered deals, whether anyone's turned them down, whether anyone's uh, decided to go and get a deal somewhere else. What will happen to Edwards? Will he be getting a similar one-year deal for a similar maybe backroom role like Wally's got? Who knows what's happening? But it's interesting that we've talked about Wally doing coaching with the under-18s, but there's never been any mention of that with um, with Edwards, has there? And you know, we Edwards can't talk about this. He yeah. doesn't want to be a yeah, coach. Yeah, he's right, isn't it? He doesn't want to be a yeah. coach. And it's a funny actually um, on my. And my football manager game, which I haven't played for a very long time, he's actually the under-18s first-team coach as well. So, yeah, that's quite funny. I need to change that then when next time the stats come around. Yeah, you but will. No, no ambitions to be a coach. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's fascinating that, that um, you know, the player that's got the biggest sort of connection with the club in terms of his hometown team doesn't really want that role maybe. And someone like Wally, who's getting to an older age, does want to be involved. And, um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to keep him on and working on the staff even if he retires at the end of next year. And if he wants to be under-18s manager or be part of that, I think it's it's good. There's a, there's a couple, there's been a couple of ex-town players involved in the youth setup. I think Jay Denny was there at one point over the last few years. He might still be there now. Um, I think there was another one as well. His name escapes me. So, um, yeah, normally it's been sort of young lads that didn't go on to have the best careers and, and have found a job here because, you know, we do remember players who play for us. But, yeah, I think it's it's quite exciting to see what Wally will do next season in terms of coaching and playing. So, yeah, did interesting you stuff. Did um, the words that he used and the words from the club around his contract extension? I did not know on So on. it was really interesting. So the, he mentioned it in the post-match and then the club had to quickly put something out. And they mentioned that, you know, Sean Wally's triggered an extension. So ah, I wonder I whether the, the club has triggered his extension um, rather than ah, there's been a negotiation and he's signed a new contract. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to know a little bit more about that. Um, he was then asked by Lewis Cox about um, you know other clubs and stuff because obviously we mentioned that there was a rumour that Tramnair offered him a two-year Tramier. deal yeah. and he said he didn't want to talk about it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously it's great news, it's all positive, but yeah, I think there's an interesting backstory there. Something must be signed though, because they put a graphic oh, yeah, out yeah. You know, with him against twenty twenty two. Yeah, he's, he's, so, yeah. obviously, there's the, I think it was either a clause triggered by the club or himself. I get the sense it was triggered by the club, um, and yeah, obviously we we signed him on for another deal. But yeah, it, I think there's something. I think there's something behind that potentially. Not not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it's just football, isn't it? You know, you sign a contract, and yeah, both sides have op- opportunities to, to trigger different clauses. And towns seem to be using those clauses or, or putting them in contracts a lot more than they used to, didn't they? Because obviously, you know, there's been a few players who we've triggered extra years of and, and kind of got another year out of, isn't there, over the last few years? And um, it'd be interesting to see whether there are any other players out there that have had those clauses and, and we don't know about them until maybe we start to announce the retained list later this week. So, um, yeah, all eyes all eyes on the press and uh, Shishu Town website this week, Ollie, and... Uh, Maybe it won't be this week. Sometimes it waits until the end of June, doesn't it? But um, I suspect Cottrell's going to want to get on with things straight away. Yeah, there should be some stuff happening this week. Players meeting the manager and talking about next season. Um, I've seen that some yeah. fans have already been um, asking Lewis Cox about transfers, which is absolutely love and <laughs> I know it winds him up a little bit. Um, and yeah, just so I guess <laughs> I've put a one play out, please don't follow people like um, Fan Hub, what was it called? EFL Hub and those transfer nonsenses um, that they tweet nonsense about us signing, I don't know, players from the Premier League and stuff. 
Um, I do like transfer <laughs> windows and stuff, but I don't know. Those those, those accounts just wind me up. Normally, they're just like some fourteen year old kid in a in a in a bedroom somewhere just tweeting shit out. We find that as, as 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 local fans who like know people that work at the club or you know anyone that's you know got a contact at the club, you're always more like to find out things on Shrewsbury Town based Twitter accounts and you know lo- local people. Most of the rumours we've ever had come through things like that. They don't come through those kind of crappy accounts. To be fair, so um, yeah, keep an eye on the people who, who know who think they know what they know uh, at the football club, and uh, you generally find out this, that, and the other, don't we? So yeah, rumour season. I love rumour season, Ollie. I'll be back on the whole rumour season thing. Yeah, but you like rumours. Uh, we'll be getting getting Will Grigg back. You like, you, yeah, exactly. Well, apart from the ones I make up. You, know, you, <laughs> just you only, you only make up stuff on transfer deadline day. You don't make up stuff on other Oh, yeah, days. I know. And I there's always no, a couple of right. involved, so that's the clue. There is. The traditional, uh, traditional tweet, yeah. But um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's been, it's, it's a funny old podcast to finish this one, Ollie, because it's, it is kind of the end of this era. I think I generally feel like it's the end of an era, the COVID rickets era, the shittest era that we've had during the podcast, Ollie. Let's be brutally honest about it. Not much of it was fun, other than the FA Cup run over the last two and a half years. Um, I, I genuinely feel a little bit of a weight off my shoulders that that's going, and we're moving into this Cottrell could be exciting era and we'll be back at the games and it'll whatever happens at start of next season it can't be worse surely can it Ollie than the last two years so let's leave it on that note I reckon yeah it can't, well fingers crossed <laughs> League One is going to be <laughs> mental next year um, it could be it could be a lot of fun um, but I think it's just going to be crazy uh, I'd be surprised if I think teams could almost get automatic promotion with like 70 points or something I think it's just going to be brutal I think it's going to be fun, and I'm looking forward to it, my friend. Right, well, we'll be back to do an end-of-season podcast. Um, this season, we're being joined by uh, Lewis Cox again, who missed last year, didn't he, unfortunately? So, yeah, it'll be good to catch up with him, and uh, my brother Mike as well, who's been on a few times this season. So there'll be four of us uh, doing that in the next few weeks, won't we, Ollie? And I suppose in terms of other things for the summer... Um, we will be putting out the um, the uh, Steve Jagelka retrospective, kind of looking back at his career uh, and talking to some people who knew him. I, I just felt personally, Ollie, I was starting to record some of the stuff with people who knew him, and it was still very raw. And um, so I've wanted to keep pushing it back, really. But we will definitely put that in the summer and, and bring some of the best things about Steve uh, Jagelka to the fans and, and stuff about his career that maybe people didn't know. So yeah, that should be good to do. And I think we'll probably end up doing a few bits and bobs as well in the summer, Ollie, just catching up with things. So we're not going anywhere just because the summer. Um, and as we'll I said, definitely we'll have a break, that's season. for sure. But um, yeah. Yeah, we'll be back. Yes, we certainly will. Um, going to some random, hopefully, go to some non non league, um, yeah, games and yeah, watch some of these new players. Um, yeah, be really yeah. exciting. Good stuff. All right, well, enjoy a few weeks off, guys, and we'll be back with the end of season special soon. And uh, yeah, start to enjoy summer. Oh!